Oh man, that is awesome. I love this like worship kind of vibe going on right now. Feels like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody's just gonna stop. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Is there anybody who loves the Lord? No, you start coming. Does anybody love Jesus? All right. All right, I gotta introduce our speaker, praise God. Um, man, I'm so excited to introduce Pastor Josiah Silva. I'm gonna read his bio here. It's, I've been doing this lately and it's so fun to read people's bios in front of them. Um, pastor Josiah Silva is the lead pastor of Freedom House Church in Orange County, a dynamic and passionate church that believes God for the impossible. God has used Pastor Josiah through the unique gifting of communicating God's word in a relevant, practical, and life-changing way. God has given him a message to share with the world locally through Freedom House Church and nationally through the TV program, A Heart After God on TBN Salsa. He's happily married to his wife, uh, Marie Silva, and is the father of his miracle children, Judah and Faith. Together, Josiah and Marie Silva pastor Freedom House Church with a God assignment to raise up a generation after the heart of God who will do all his will. Can we welcome up Pastor Josiah Silva? Come on, good morning. What's up, LPU? Come on, I said, what's up, LPU? You're like, I'm still waking up. I want to know about those calf hacks. Somebody want to know about those calf hacks. That's what I want to know about. Where's that lifeline at? So good. That's right. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. So honored to be here at Life Pacific University, one of the best, finest universities in Southern California. Uh, I said one of the finest universities in Southern California. Come on now. You ought to clap. You paid for it. Just kidding. All right. So, <laughs> but it's so good to be here uh, this morning. Thanks for having me. Now, um, real quick, I actually spent two semesters at Life, and then I went on to play football at APU. Whole another conversation. But I spent two semesters. I know, I know. I played football. If you had a football team, I saw a little old football helmet over there. I just went throwing it on. But anyway, um, you know, it was in the glass case over there. But I spent two semesters here, and man, I loved. It. I had some amazing God encounters. I I dormed it for a couple semesters, and uh, that was a lot of fun, and, and I had J-Dub Adams for Pentateuch, come on now. Anyway, it was cool. So I mean, I, lo I love LPU. It really has helped me in my life in the formation of my, my ministry, and I've had so many God encounters. In fact, um, when I was in my dorm, God just really spoke to me, then gave me a word, and later on just kind of sealed the deal with who now became my wife. So technically, I went to life and found a wife. Hello. Anyway, so just look forward, look forward, look forward. And uh, we say all kinds of jokes. Like we say, when you graduate, you can graduate with your MRS degree. Uh, anyway, uh, some ladies will get that. They'll get that later. Anyway, so no, go to school. Stay focused. Anyway, squirrel. So today, I'm excited to bring you a word. Before I do do that, I want to just take a moment to honor all of our faculty. Come on, our president, uh, you know, Angie Ritchie. Come on, your campus pastor. Come on, it's good to honor. So we honor. All the faculty and staff, and thanks, Pastor Dan, for what you're doing with the campus and bringing just revival to this campus. But um, I also got one of some of my team here, uh, our Freedom House team, uh, goes to life and also here. Come on, would you give it up for my Freedom House team? Come on, they came to shout me down. I said, just say amen, help me out, and our Bible college team, that's right. But I'm excited to share with you a word, and I know that may sound cliche, but I really did pray and said, God, what would you have me share uh, to Life Pacific University. Now, I know you already have amazing classes and amazing things, but I really feel God gave me something to communicate to you that may help you. And I'm going to talk this morning from a person in the Bible that I feel that many of us can relate to. Like, if you've ever been through something, 
you can relate to the person I'm going to talk to today. Now, I love this particular uh, character in the Bible because it lets me, gives hope to people like me that have been through some stuff. Anybody been through some stuff? Come on now, some of you are too cute. Now, I say, anybody been through some stuff? Yeah, we've been through some stuff, right? And I want to talk to you. I ended up actually doing a particular series on this guy in the Bible for 14 weeks. I know it sounds crazy, but there's just so much in this dude's life that I identified with that I thought was so powerful. And I want to talk to you from the life of Joseph. And I got, yeah, that's right, we'll talk about Joseph this morning. It's about telling your neighbor, say, it's going to get real, it's going to get real, okay? We're not going to do touch your neighbor because coronavirus, all right? Perel, all right? We take that out. I'm just saying. So we can say it's about to get real. I want to talk to you about the life of Joseph for the 45 minutes that I have. Just kidding, 19, 25, 24, 23, countdown. So if you got your Bibles, I want to read one verse. And I'm going, to be all, I'm going to reference all kinds of verses in this life, but I got one verse for you this morning that I really do pray speaks to you. And it's found in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. Believe me when I say this, this is one of the most profound verses in the Bible. It's one of my hashtag fave verses in the Bible. It's official to put a hashtag on it. If not, it's not official. But it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's a joke, by the way. But one of my most favorite verses in the Bible. And uh, I really think it'll speak. So Genesis chapter 50, they got this up here. Genesis chapter 50 in verse number 20. Watch what the Bible says here. This is Joseph saying this at the end of his life. He is now at the fulfillment of his life. He already, you know, had gone through so much. And now he's looking back at his life and he recognizes something that is so powerful that I want to teach to you today from the truth of God's word. And here's what he says. Joseph says, he says, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many people alive. In other words, what Joseph was saying after years had passed by on his life, he looked back and recognized, he realized, you know what? All along, the things that have tried to mess me up, God actually ended up turning all of that in a way that ended up propelling me, catapulting me and who I am today. All the haters, all of the congratulators, all of the things that took place actually developed me. I would, not, I would have never chose it, but God ordered it and it made me who I am today. So I think this morning, if anybody has ever gone, I'm going to get a little excited. I'm just telling you right now. So is sometimes, I'm going to tell you right now, is when you think that what might end you, God may just use that very thing that that you thought was going to stop you, God will use it to catapult you, okay? So the title of my message today, I want to talk to you from this one thought, is delayed but not denied. Delayed but not denied. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning that, God, I am speaking to people that have positioned themselves to get an education that has the Spirit of God attached to it. And, Father, I pray that you would not, this would not be another common chapel, but visit us in an uncommon way. Father, speak to us, challenge us. God, show us, Lord, any deficiencies and perhaps where we're looking at throwing in the towel or giving up on what you have for us in our destiny, Lord. Speak to us and use us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. I want to talk to you about the, the life of Joseph. I want to talk to you about the life of Joseph. Now, again, I love the life of Joseph because all through his whole life, and you can go and read it, Genesis 37 through the end, is his whole life, it often appears as though as Joseph would never reach his God-given dream. The Bible tells us that when he was young, God gave him a dream, and he didn't go about it completely right, but he shared that dream, and when he shared that dream, he actually ended up being hated because of the dream that he had inside of him. And he goes through all of these ups and downs his whole life, but what's so powerful about Joseph's life is that 
the struggles that he went through are not omitted from the Bible. But I like that the Bible leaves the struggles in it. Because it helps people like me identify. Because I'm like, if I go through some struggles, someone say the struggle is real. Come on, say the struggle is real. I got struggles. Then that means if Joseph went through it, then I got what Joseph got, which is God. And I can, I can overcome what is in there. But Joseph, all through his life, goes through all sorts of these ups and downs, all sorts of these, of these attacks on his life. But it always seems like Joseph has this buoyancy to him to where no matter how low he gets, he just always comes right back up. Now, it wasn't because Joseph was good. It was because God was good. It was because Joseph was marked by God. He was, he was tagged by God. God was like, I have you marked, Joseph. Like, you are marked. And I'm going to tell some of you, you are so marked by God that you can run, but you can't hide. I'm telling you right now, you better been in some situations, and you're in that situation, and God's like, hey, get out of here. You're like, they let you in here, Lord? Come on, somebody, you know. I'm telling you, some of you are so marked by God that he is going to hunt you down. Why? Because he chose you. In fact, what I love about the Bible is that God is the pursuer in this relationship. That God is constantly pursuing us for God so of the world that he sent. In other words, God came. You didn't find God. God found you. He wasn't lost at Disneyland. God is after your heart, and he's going to get you. Come on, can I get a better amen? Someone say amen. He's going to come after you. And so what I, I find us all in here is that's why I identify with Joseph's life. is because he was marked by God. Now, what's so awesome is that even when it seemed like his destiny was lost, he wasn't lost, and God was always in charge. Now, I did this chart, okay, so this is the, the, the nerd side of me, okay. I did this chart about Joseph's life, okay, because Joseph, when he writes this verse, he's not writing it from the beginning, looking at the end. He's actually writing this verse after all the hell that he had gone through. And he writes this verse, you know, you intended to harm me, but God meant it for good. He's actually saying it to the very people that, that betrayed him. And when he's responding, what I love is Joseph is responding not out of revenge but revelation. And he's speaking saying, I recognize that God catapults me. But I want to show you this right here. Look, this is Joseph's life right here, okay. It looks like the stock market right now. It's just going up. It's going down. Anyway, Lord, I pray for my mutual funds. Amen. So uh, <laughs> just had to throw that in there, you know what I'm saying. So there's a little chart on Joseph's life here. And his life starts with, you know, he has this dream and then he gets betrayed by the very people that he thought would have his back. Then his life goes a little lower, and he gets thrown into a pit, and he gets sold into some slave traders. And when he's in the pit, he then gets promoted to Potiphar's house, and it looks like, oh, you know what? I was in the pit, but now God came through, and I didn't quit. Now I'm in the Potiphar's house. And he thought, like, I now made it. But then he is falsely accused because Miss Thirsty shows up. Some of you read the Bible. Yeah, yeah, you know Miss Thirsty? Yeah, slid into his DMs. Hey, how you doing, cutie? And he's like, hey. Shorty, I ain't trying to be about that, you know. I used to be ratchet, now I'm righteous. Anyway, so move on. So, just trying to help somebody, you know. Be careful, guys. Be careful. Be careful. I'm trying to tell you. Careful. She's hot, so's hell. Be, that's a word for someone right now. That's a. Uh, I will keep going. To, I'm trying to help somebody at LPU today. So, he gets falsely accused. Or it could be Mr. Thirsty, too, by the way. I got to go both ways. It could be Mr. Thirsty. I, I get it. I get it. You know, I get it. He's not a, he's not a knight in shining armor. He's just wrapped up in tinfoil. Come on now, all right? I don't know why I feel this right now. I feel like I got a word right now for somebody. You know what I mean? I feel like this is helping somebody, you know? Make sure, there, make sure there's more highlights to her life than her hair. Anyway, so, I, oh, man, I'm all over this, huh? Okay, focus, focus. Turn to your neighbor and say focus. Say focus. All right. Miss Thirsty shows up. And it ends up, 
I got to come back and just preach on relationships. Anyway, all right. So, anyway, all right. Fuck it, squirrel. All right. So, he gets falsely accused by Miss Thirsty, and he's like, hey, I, I, he's like, I ain't about that no more. I'm trying to live for God. I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm an LPU now. You know, I'm trying to do what's right. And he actually does what's right, and then he gets put in prison for doing what's right. In other words, he gets misunderstood. Have you ever been misunderstood? Okay. He gets misunderstood, and he does what's right, and he actually ends up in what appears in a more difficult place. And so when he, you got to do what's right even when, when it doesn't feel right, okay? Can I get an amen for that? Come on, amen. All right. So he gets placed in prison, and what I love when he's in place in prison, he then applies his excellence. So even when he's in the low place, he doesn't give up his excellence. Then he gets promoted in the prison. He gets forgotten by the cupbearer. Then he finally ends up second in command to all of Egypt. And I've been, I've been chewing on this for so long. Is he's now second in command of all of Egypt, and he writes this verse. He says, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, you know what? When I look back, sounds good. Translation, delayed but not denied. He says, you know what? When I look back at all that, when I look back the moments I was betrayed, when I look back the moments I was thrown in the pit, when I look back and Miss Thirsty or Mr. Thirsty was messing with me, when I look back and I was felt incarcerated, limited, like I had no resource and I was broke, living on top ramen and fumes, come on somebody. He says, when I look back and I feel like I was rejected and forgotten. He says, when I look back, this is a word for somebody. When I look back in my college years, when I look back and when I lost some of my best friends, when I look back when coronavirus was all around, when I look back when they might have canceled a missions trip, when I look back and I saw when my car broke down, when I look back and I had more bills and I had units. When I look back and I had no employment, when I look back, I realize that the pit was never in control. It was never the haters. It was never the ones that were against me. But God was always in control. And I have this simple word for somebody to let you know that it's not them who is in control, but you have a God that is in control. And don't you give up because God can turn it all for the good. Can I get an amen? Come on, talk to me. I know it's chapel. Why is he screaming? Because I'm excited. That's why. Someone say God's always in control. Come on, I got, okay, he's always in control. I'm like on page one-third of my, all my message right now. But God's always in control. And this is simple, simple truth. But listen to me, God is always in control. In fact, why don't you say this? Say God is always in control. What's up, Andrew? Come on, man, you got to take a picture. Squirrel. Anyway, focus. All right. God's always in control. Listen to me. It's a simple word for this chapel, but I believe it'll, it'll keep you so that you reach your Genesis 50-20 moment in your life. It's always in control. And you want to know when you need to hear that most? When things feel out of control. In fact, let me say it this way. Your relationship with God begins when you don't have control. Because whatever you can control, you got it. That's why God gave you gifts. But whatever you can't control, that's where God shows up. That's when you have to apply, watch this word, trust. Woo, amen. I like when you get quiet. Let me know you're listening. Come on, somebody. That word trust. Do I trust my circumstance or do I trust my God? Do I trust my feelings or do I trust my faith? 
do I trust my vibe? I don't feel the vibe. What is that anyway? I'm not feeling a vibe. Vibe? Get you a vision. Come on, somebody. No vibe. <laughs> do I live by trust? That's what relationship with God starts. Okay, let me break this down. We've got a few minutes here. I'm, I'll be out of your way, and we're going to go and learn the calf hacks together. So I'm very interested in that. That really got my attention, you know. <laughs> Out of all that, right? Come on, somebody. Amen. Uh, so Genesis 50, 20. Let's break this down. I got to get Bible college on you, okay? Genesis 50, 20, he says this. He says, but as for you, you meant evil, but God meant, say this, say two intentions. Say it again, say two intentions. Joseph recognizes these two intentions at the end of his life. Brother Joseph is preaching to us. He says, I recognize that there are always two intentions at work in my life. He says, you meant, God meant. That word meant speaks of an intention. He says, you, they, you had an intention to try to harm me. But while your intention to try to stop what was going to work in my life and what I saw in the physical I now recognize, sitting at, my, at the end of my life, recognize that although you had a physical intention, that there was another intention in another space and place that I could not see in the physical. There was something greater at work in a realm that is above the realm in which I operate in, the realm in which I live in, and this realm was that realm that only God controls, and God's intention was always greater than the physical demonstration of what the enemy was trying to do. Come on, somebody. Shout two intentions. He says, I recognize God's intention will always supersede their intention. Now, can we go a little deeper into stuff? What I love about this verse, I'm telling you, that's 14 weeks on just this whole, this, uh, this whole, this whole story. What I love about this verse is that Joseph does not minimize the harmful intentions of people that hurt him. He doesn't, he doesn't minimize it. He recognizes it. No, there were some hurtful things people did to me. Maybe you're in this room. And there are some hurtful things people did to you. And he even uses the, the word here, he says evil. It was no accident. In other words, he wasn't talking about, oh, you stepped in my shoe. It's all good. Don't worry about it. You know? He wasn't talking about, oh, you accidentally dropped my books. He says, no, I'm talking about the evil, hurtful things people did to me. I'm talking about the things that were on purpose. I'm talking about the things that might have happened to you when you were younger. I'm talking about the intentions that somebody did to you while you were in your college experience. I'm talking about the things that were not an accident. They were demonic. And I want to talk to you. That's the things that God is saying today. He says, I'm going to take those intentions of what was meant for evil to try to stop you. And God is saying, I specialize in using your greatest hurts to make them the greatest help for somebody else. And can I give it to you in preacher talk? God will use your mess and turn it into a message. Can I get a little more preacher on you? He will use your pain and turn it into a platform. God will use your test and turn it into a testimony. And I know that sounds preachy, but you got to know God will never let any pain go uh, be useless. God will use every hurt and everything to be the greatest way to help somebody else kill a giant. How do I know that? Because I'm here before you. They let me preach at a, at a college. Come on, somebody. I'm here. 
That gives me hope because I grew up in Section 8 housing. I was verbally abused. I was, you know, watched my dad physically abuse my mom. Introduced to drugs at 10 years old. It wrecked evil. But God said, I turned it for good. So good. Now, what makes it all for good? It's in the verse. Can I show, show it to you? Here, here's, the, here's how God does it. Watch this. Go back to Genesis 520. He says, but as for you, you meant evil against me. Here's the equation. But God meant it for good. Did you catch it? There's two little words in there. That I want you to begin to pray and fast so you don't give up. I'll read it to you one more time. Here's, here it is. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Do you see the equation? But God. <laughs> but God. Yeah, you're right. Everything that's hurt me, that'll take me to heaven. But God will turn it for good. But God. Someone say, but God. Last thought, and then I'm out of your way. I like this little cool thing I found in these verses. It's so cool. This is going to bless you. In Genesis 37, okay, I got three minutes. I'm going to use all seven of it. Just kidding. <laughs> Genesis 37, watch this here. It says, Joseph had a dream, and when he had told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Let me just interject and say this quick little thought. Some of you don't realize that the reason people don't like you is because of the big dream God put inside of you. They're not fighting you. They're fighting the thing that they don't like that is trying to, that intimidates them. And so don't you ever let anyone stop what God has put inside of your heart. Can I get a good amen? Come on, say amen. All right. The devil don't fight you because of where you are. It's always where you're headed. The brothers hated him all the more. But watch verse 23. It says, so when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his what? robe, the ornate robe he was wearing. Now, some of y'all went to, to Sunday school, so you remember Joseph with the technicolor, the technicolor coat, right? He had a robe. You know, that robe was a gift from his father, recognized that he had favor on his life, and he was, it was a robe. The Bible says they stripped him of that robe. In other words, they took something from him, okay? It was much more than just a physical robe. But I found this really cool thing in the scriptures. You know when you find a little gem, and you find, you know, you're doing your, your scripture observations. Come on, make sure you're doing them in class. And, you know, and you know, check this out. Watch this, watch this. Is, is that they took a robe off him. But then when Joseph is in the palace, check this out. Go to the next slide. It says, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, but no one can interpret it. But I've heard it said that you, when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Next verse. He says, um, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, uh, go, yeah, right there, next slide. He says, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger, put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. See, it's biblical. Wear that gold chain. Come on. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm tired. That, that was just, that's not the one I found. But you know, so I said, you're like, wow, that's what you want. That's what I want to tell you. Okay, have a great day. No, I'm joking. So he says, that you, watch this. He lost a robe in his younger years, but then God, I'm sorry, that God restored, and the Bible says he dressed him in robes. He lost a robe, but later on, God blessed him with robes. If you could only see the robes, you would stop crying about the robe you lost. If you could catch a vision that God says you're crying about a robe you lost, about a 
one relationship you lost, about one friend you lost, about one semester you let go. God says, I can see in your future robes that I'm going to clothe you in. And I'm not talking about no physical Gucci robe. I'm talking about clothed with an anointing, clothed with Christ. I'm talking about clothed with power, clothed with dignity, clothed with something your family never had. He said, robes. I just came to tell you, don't give up. Your Genesis 50-20 moment's coming. Father, I thank you for LPU students. Genesis 50-20, write it, memorize it, put it on your mirror. You intended to harm, but God turned it for the good in the last sentence, for the saving of many lives. In other words, it was never about you, Joseph. It's never about you. That's why you can't give up. Because many lives will come to know Christ. Because you fought through. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you. So good. Thanks for having me. God bless. Wow. Hey, can we thank Pastor Josiah? How many of you say that was an awesome message? So much in there. Wow. I wish I could stomp my... I don't make any noise when I stomp. <laughs> hey, stand on up. <laughs> Come on, can we thank Pastor Josiah one more time for that? Thank you so much for being here. We honor you. We appreciate you. want to remind you that we do have chapel tomorrow with all of uh, our district supervisors from Foursquare. And it's going to be a really awesome time with them here in chapel. And we're going to have a special lunch in the CAF with them as well if you're interested in connecting with them. God bless you. It is 1119. We made it one minute early. Get to class early. God bless you. And sign up for um, LPU Conference. And if you wanted to donate and give, go ahead and do that right outside. Mandy and some students are out there. Check that box.